Hi, you're listening to The Home Hour. This is the show where we talk about family, food, parenting, managing a home, and everything that goes on inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, mama five, and creator of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of The Home Hour. I'm Megan Francis, and today I'm here with my sister, Katherine Francis. Hey, Katherine. Hello. So I know it's been a while since the last episode. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus from this show, but just to remind everybody, if you are jonesing for more podcasts, you can find shows at themomhour.com. Sarah has been keeping me in track, and we've been doing a show every single week all summer long. Um, There's also several episodes of the Style Hour up um, from the summer and a few episodes of the Right at Home Moms. So if you just go to lifelistened.com, you'll find all of the different podcasts that I have been pumping out if you have been missing them over the last couple of months. But I'm glad to be jumping back in today with this episode. So Katherine and I are going to talk about something that was a big part of our home life growing up, and that is theater and all of the sort of um, things that go along with that, like soundtracks to musicals that we loved. And uh, we just got back from a theater festival that we went we go to almost every year. And so that will also be a fun thing to talk about. So I guess to kick it off, Katherine, I'm curious, since you are the yes. eldest sister, <laughs> yes, if and the eldest sibling of all of us, if you feel like, you know, I feel like when I was a kid, there was always a musical playing either, you know, either on the TV or a yes. record soundtrack or something. Was that the case when we were little? When I, um, I'm sorry, when you were little? Well, yes, yes. And I see. I bet you they were mostly the same. Like you probably remember the Music Man soundtrack that we had and that old West Side Story. And so, yeah, that was always playing. And because I was the oldest and I didn't have a lot of albums of my own and I was too young to buy records and didn't know what was cool at all, um, I listened to those. (laughs) And so so I would say yes. But they tended to be the same ones, at least for my – in my sort of – cadre of years they were the same ones over and over and over and over again. yeah that's true I do remember we had a Mary Poppins album oh and I loved that it was the open up kind of album yeah yeah and, and I go ahead I was just gonna say I listened to it long before I ever saw the movie well what I find found interesting about that album was that I didn't realize it went to the movie because the way it was styled and I'll take a picture of it and put it in the um show notes but the way that the it was styled, made it look like it was a Broadway album. It did. It definitely It did. almost looked like there was a stage. And then, you know, you had Julie like Andrews that- and Dick Van Dyke sort of like looking like they were dancing on the stage. So I had thought that there was like a, a live production of it that yeah. came out before the movie and turned out that was not the case, but um, always a favorite. Yes. And I really didn't know. I mean, I was too young and too removed to even know that, that there was a movie. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, you know, up there with two stations where we grew up, it was just not a thing for me at all. Yeah. So now what about like everybody? I have to feel, I have to say, I feel like the Wizard of Oz is something that's a huge part of like a lot of people's childhoods not, growing up. Not mine. Not mine. Either. I don't think I even saw it until I was maybe 10 or 11. I, years old. I agree. And I'll bet you I didn't watch it all the way through until I was in my 30s. Yeah. I've, I don't love it. Ooh, you don't love it. I don't. I don't. Okay. I will admit it now. Um, I think it's clever, and I, I kind of enjoy it for the first, like, hour, but, but I don't love it. It does drag it. on, doesn't it? It drags on and on, <laughs> and I 
I'm a little unclear even how it exactly ends. I mean, I know, but only because I have absorbed it. Yeah. Not because I could tell you much about actually the movie itself. That's I, funny. I just don't, you know, now I did kind of dig the whiz for a while and that's because it was when we first, I think, got like Showtime or HBO or something. Yeah. And there were so few things I could watch. I, I watched that over and over and over again, I remember, but. Well, uh, the whiz I, I saw um, in my third grade music class. And we watched, yeah, we watched it every year, actually, from like third grade through sixth grade. We watched in The school? Wiz. In school? I know. Yeah, that's we, super weird. Well, that was probably the only multicultural experiences I was going to get <laughs> up where we lived. So they probably felt like they had to, you know, hammer that one in pretty hard. But I do remember watching that. And I think I might have seen The Wiz before I saw The Wizard of Oz. I, I, I think that's probably true for me, too. At least watching it all the way through, I am positive that yeah. is the case. And I remember thinking, even when I got done watching The Wiz, thinking, okay, if this is somehow analogous to The Wizard of Oz, that means she went back. Like, I really was very uncertain of the whole storyline um, of The Wizard of Oz until I watched The Wiz. If anyone's unfamiliar with The Wiz, because I don't know how popular that one is anymore, <laughs> um, it had Diana Ross and Michael Jackson, and it was basically like a, you know, black version of The Wizard yeah. of Oz. I mean, and, yeah. and the music is fantastic. So It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's a really, it's really, really good, and I'm glad that I got to see that one. So I guess it's so funny because, like, I always wondered if it was just me that wasn't – it's not that I'm not excited about The Wizard of Oz, whatever. I, I don't really care much either way. No. <laughs> but for some people, that's, like, such a huge I know. identity thing. Like, that's I such know. a huge memory for them. Another one for me was The Sound of Music. I didn't see that until I was – probably nine or 10. I remember my friend across the street made me watch it with her. And I was like, wait, there's two videos, you know, like when the movie was yeah. too long <laughs> yes. to fit into one, they had yes. to have two VHS yes. tapes. Yes. And I was like, "Ugh, I'm really settling in for a long, uh, a long commitment here. And I did like it. Um, but I didn't ravenously love it the way no, me either. Me either. And that's did. another one that I'm sure I've watched all the way through yeah. at some point. And I've certainly managed to coddle enough pieces together. Yeah. But I don't love it. Well, I, I was I was in the live, you know, the Broadway version of that, but like in, in high school. Wait, you were in the Broadway version? No, no. I was in like, you know what I mean? The the <laughs> okay. stage version. <laughs> yes, oh, I, oh, was on, I was okay. on Broadway. Um, no, I was in the stage version of that. It's very, very different. Very, very different. Um, and better? Than, well, I mean, yeah. It's got different music. It's, it's better and worse in the way that Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals are good and bad. Um... So we actually just saw Catherine and I and our um, men folk, Eric and John, went to a theater festival last weekend called the Stratford Shakespeare Festival, but they also have, you know, not Shakespeare. And the first play that we saw is Carousel, and that is a Rodgers and Hammerstein play. And I feel like their weak point was always dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible on the stage show. And I remember acting, you know, in this play in like 10th or 11th grade, maybe 11th grade, and being embarrassed to say <laughs> a lot of my lines. The they were just awful. And I played the, um, you know, I played the upstart w- woman who's, you know, kind of gold digging or whatever and wants to marry oh. uh, Captain Von Trapp. Okay. And in the stage version, I had two songs, which were cut for the movie to make room for, I don't even know what, more dancing around on a mountain. I don't even know. Because, I mean, because the movie's definitely a lot longer, even though it has fewer songs than the stage show. Yeah. Um, but some of, like, at least my dialogue wasn't, like, romantic. And, but the girl who played Liesl and, and Maria's dialogue is so corny and awful. And it's like that, I feel like, in all of their stuff. It's like there's, there's always that yeah. line where you're like, what? Like, 
Really? I mean, the, the lines in the songs are great. The book is good, yeah. but it's it's the it's the just spoken dialogue that's kind of cringeworthy. So I feel like that was all better in the movie. They they stepped up the game they, a little bit. Yeah, probably hired someone to come you in. You know what I remember that about massage. the movie? And this might be a and just a. Uh, a vision in my mind, but it seemed like there's a chase scene or something, maybe when they're on the run that goes on forever and yes. ever. Yes, and, and that ever. did not happen. I don't think that happens in the musical. I think it just well, ends. I, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Well, how would it? it did. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the stage show, I think it just ends and they just, I don't even remember, but I think they just end up together and then they sneak off or whatever and that's it. There's not that whole like drawn out scene with the with the contest and the people in yes. the contest. Yeah. and. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll yeah. have to go see it again at some point so I can remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the stage version, but um, well, remember we almost thought that we did. We just yeah. missed it at at Stratford. Yeah, Stratford so. Yes, we thought we had tickets for it, and actually we had tickets for a different show, which I'm fine. I was fine with, but I, I am kind of curious now how that would have. And interesting that they had two Rogers and Hammerstein musicals in one season. Oh. I hadn't considered that. So anyway, so for people who are t- are listening to this show and are thinking like, are you, do you guys have any point? No, we have no, <laughs> we have no structure of this episode. This is all just going to be us talking about whatever pops into our head. And um, that has to do with musical theater and theater in general. So I'm going to circle back though, because we were talking about our childhoods and video or and movies and, and shows that we saw. Um, one that was big in our house was Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. And that was another two VHS tape. Yes. But I never felt badly about that because I no. always wanted that one to go on and on. I know. And and that is such a beautiful soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I I could listen to that forever, every song on it, and which I is like, sort of weird. And I like the movie. I mean, I found I the daughters too. a little unbelievable, like that they were all related to each other. That didn't work for me so much. <laughs> but um, like the redhead, I was like, where did she come from? But I really, like, I love the scenery in it. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch. Well, I remember how nice that show was when we saw it. Yeah, we saw that one in Stratford a few years ago yes, as well. Yes, and, and that, that was, was very, very old. And I had never seen the stage version of that. No, nope, no, nope, so, me either. Um, no. Nope. That was great. But but I also, that's one of those movies that holds up. And they don't all hold up. Like, the movie version isn't always even close to being as good as the stage version. But I feel like Fiddler on the Roof is one of those that's a um, little bit different. It's really, really great. Yes, it's really great. Now, have you seen the movie lately? Just curious. Oh, you know, I it's feel like I, years years I watched it with the kids, you know, the older kids a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I mean, within like the last three or four okay. years. Yeah, sure. I would say it's been longer than that for me since I've seen the, since I've seen the movie. It's just a commitment. I know. And I don't, yeah. have a VH, I don't have a VCR anymore. So I have to, <laughs> I'd have to somehow find it. I guess I could probably rent it on Amazon or something. Yes. Yeah. Probably so. Probably another so. another movie musical that I loved in my child, excuse me, my childhood. I feel like they were more of a thing um, in the seventies and eighties, and they kind of went away for a while, and then they came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis. Well, yes, but let's just back circle back because one other album that was big at our house too. One was West Side Story, which I listened to as a probably ten year old nonstop. And Music Man to a lesser degree, yes. but West Side Story to me had a huge, I don't want to say an impact on my youth, that'd be silly, but just music wise, mm-hmm. I loved it. I can tell you where the album skipped. I oh, yeah. loved it. In, loved fact, it, loved it. in fact, later, did you listen to a version that wasn't the album and then you were yes. kind of put off when it didn't yes. skip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
I had that exact same experience with that one and a few other ones that we had where I expected it to skip and it didn't. Yes, and I was yes. Bummed. And, and um, so that to me is always that. And that one, the movie is long, but also stands the test of time. The play, which we saw, was, you know, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I could ever tire of it. I saw a local high school production of it here. It was great. Doesn't ma- matter. Yeah, well, I will watch it in any version. One thing I think is funny that's kind of emerging from this discussion is that neither one of us really had um, exposure to a lot of live theater as kids. No, we both, we I think you said our Annie was for both of us the first show that we ever saw. And I was, yeah, and live. I was like 15 or 16 years old. Yeah, I think I was five. So um, yeah. that was hugely yep. impactful for me. That was, we saw it in Chicago where our aunt lived. And then I didn't see another live. I mean, that I remember, I'm sure something along the way I saw, but I didn't see another live play until I was 13. I went and saw Carousel with, again, with our Aunt Paula. Um, but in a lot of, in a huge way, those albums and to some extent, the better movie versions of those plays yeah. filled in that gap yeah. and kind of kept the fire burning a little yes. bit. Yes. Um, so even like the stage version or the movie version of Annie, which could not be dip- more different from the yes. stage version. I mean, it's completely, there's so much that's different about it. All the right. Ho- Hooverville stuff, non-existent. I mean, different songs, new songs, right. songs taken out. Um, still like seeing Annie and then wanting to be Annie and yes, dressing up like Annie in standing in stores and singing tomorrow at the top of my lungs, as you may recall, <laughs> Catherine, I'm sure I do you were, <laughs> I'm sure you were not that amused by it at the time. That little red Annie dress that you had and more. Yeah, lots I'm and sure lots and you lots. were rolling your eyes while everybody thought I was so cute, but the movie was what really kept that going for me. Cause I didn't remember, you know, I mean, I don't, I was five. Yeah. It's not like I remembered a year later, all the intricate details of the show, right. but right. I just remember watching it and being on the edge of my seat and my mouth kind of hanging open and, um, yes. Yeah. So that was like a really life changing thing for me, as was seeing Carousel eight years later. Yes. Well, definitely. And I would say that it was also life changing for me in that that trip, just as an aside, that we took to Chicago that time to see Annie was really when I committed my life to Chicago. <laughs> so from that moment, it, seriously, it did. Yes. And and so, you know, especially as a as a, you know, young young teenager at that point from, you know, Sault Ste. Marie, where I was, um, you know, for me, Just way in the way upper that, reaches of Michigan, where yeah, there's not was, much that around. Was, <laughs> that was the epitome seeing like the traveling Broadway Annie show, which is yes. what it was, uh, was what being in the big city <laughs> was all about. And it's kind of, it's funny to me now, but it really catapulted my decisions in such a way that I, I did eventually end up there, even if it wasn't for very long. It, yeah. Annie yeah. did it, I would say. The being well, at the play, being, it, being part of that downtown city environment, seeing a show switched everything on for me. Was that before or after you had your moment on the stage in was The before. Uninvited? It was before. <laughs> it would I, that was been, the name of the play, right? It, it was. You, I yes, remember seeing I was that. Stella in The Uninvited. Which was like a horror. Yep, it was play. a it was a ghost story. And then you jumped off a bridge, like a cliff yes, or something. Yes, yes. I'll, you remember yeah. as much about it as I do. I, I <laughs> it's about all I remember. But it was my one and only. If you don't count the the ballets I was in, um, that was my one and only time on the stage. Wow. So yeah, was it a fulfilling experience for you? It was. I yeah. I did enjoy it. I I have to say, um, I don't remember much about it, but I, I for some reason I'm just kind of. I tuned it out a little bit. Um, but I will say also 
that when I did, when I, I laughingly said I was in, in a ballet, I was prop, I was standing up in a, you know, party scene in Cinderella and, and in the Nutcracker. But when Aaron, yeah, my daughter was the dancer and I like, you know, did party scene and, you know, drank a cocktail and things like that. But that I loved. I mean, I really do dig it. I, I do. I just, you know, I don't see myself having much of a permanent presence on the stage, but I did love it. Well, you never know, Catherine. You never know. You never I mean, know. I guess now I'm getting old, the parts that start getting good again and yeah. meaty. <laughs> you, you got through that awkward I did. middle phase <laughs> yes. where there's just nothing and yes. then kind of starts getting good again. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I'll start playing the old ladies soon. I'll give my, <laughs> give my life on the stage some fresh, <clears throat> some yeah. fresh breath. Well, so, okay. So we've been all over the place, which is fine. Cause I warned everyone that's what we were going to do. Um, We've kind of covered the albums that we listened to, West Side Story being one of the ones that I definitely remember hugely. Um, Music Man. What was the other one? Mary Poppins. Mary Fiddler Poppins. Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof. So let's move into the cornball stage, which I loved. Hair. Oh, yes. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club yes. Band, which I'm sorry, I still consider that a musical. It is. How could you not consider it a musical? I mean, it's absolutely a musical. Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. Yeah. I mean, I loved that. I ate that up. I saw that show so many times, that movie. I went to the library and got the book version I, of it. And, and I was really little because I kind of remember us being in the basement of oh, our house, house in, the, yeah. in the Sioux, maybe, or maybe even when we moved for a little while around the time I was four, four and five. Um, I very clearly remember all of Hair, Xanadu, and <laughs> yes, Sgt. Pepper as being sort of like <laughs> yes. the definitive soundtrack of that period of my life yes um and I was really confused by the movies I mean I watched them I didn't I had no idea what was going on but I watched them in in confusion but I loved the music and that really became a big part of our family culture all that music to this day yes definitely to this day to this day I think any of and all of those are still things are kind of go-to all the all my kids love it um Xanadu had a revival I think for it did but I have to say I tried to watch that movie and it's terrible (laughs) Well, I get, well, I would imagine, I can't remember the last time I saw Sgt. Pepper and I wonder if I that can one even is, get through it. Oh no, it that one actually, it. I watched that last year with the kids and they thought it was kooky, but they, it kind of kept everyone's attention. Did it? Yeah. To some extent. They were like, mom, are you kidding me? Um, but, but you know, <laughs> they watched to it. Some, they did watch it and it, to some extent it still kind of worked because it doesn't take itself seriously at all and it's just yeah. so goofy. Very campy. But I don't know, something about Xanadu just didn't hold up for me. Well, and now Hair does take it, the movie does take itself very seriously, but still, and it's a little goofy. The movie is a little goofy, but yes. um, the music and the dancing in the movie version, and we can talk about the stage version in a minute because I also love that, but the movie version is so good to me. Twyla yeah. Tharp, I, I just, I love the dancing. Yeah, she choreographed all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's amazing to me. The the music, it's just great. It's just great. I, that, to me, I could watch that one still over and over again. And now you and I went and saw the, the play. We Remember, the play. we saw the musical. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've seen it again since, just in this last year. And that's we went also and saw a, a, a student performance yeah. of it at Michigan State um, University, which was really good. And, and again, I just keep, it, it keeps making me think of how, like, even as kids, we didn't have access to a lot of real theater. Mm. But... But the fact that, you know, all those years later, it even occurred to us to go see hair at, you know, yeah. at the yeah. like local 
yeah. college theater was directly because of that movie and the soundtrack. That's yeah. what led us to it. So it, yeah. it's all, you know, it's like the movie's not the play, but it's all tied in and it all affects everything else. But while I'm thinking about that, while we're talking about Olivia Newton-John and the 70s, what the about Greece? Greece? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Greece. Another which, one. Which how many times could we have watched that? I mean, I think for a while it was the only thing we might have had, like at Aunt well, Paula's house or something. Yeah. I mean. When we she watched, first got her VCR yes. or her Betamax or whatever <laughs> yes, it was she got. in the early 80s. Yeah. And over we would go and there over and, and over again. Yep. And I had all every single line in that movie memorized. I probably still do. If I watched it, I'd probably... Oh, I definitely can. I have watched it and I do still remember it. Also, I remember once that some a boy that had a crush on me in the sixth grade told me that I sung like Olivia Newton-John. Wow. So from that moment on... <laughs> I, so I think that was sort of when I got into Xanadu and all that, it was sort of in that time, a few years later Xanadu was, but you know, I really looked at, um, myself as sort of a very young Olivia Newton-John. Oh boy. So yeah. Yeah. You've not heard anything until you've heard me at 13 singing hopelessly devoted to you. I wish I could be there. (laughs) I wish I could go to there right now. That would be awesome. Well, I will say Magic is one of my go-to karaoke songs because it's a fantastic song. It's not done very often. Well, it's a great song, It's a great song. Yep. As is Xanadu. As is everything. Uh, Remember the – oh, wasn't most of that from like Electric Light Orchestra? Yeah. The whole soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they might have done the whole thing, but like half of it. If you think about it, I think the album was even divvied up, wasn't it? Like Mm -hmm. there was something about the album that was – organized I want to maybe I'm wrong about that but yes I think they might have written and and she Kelly was in it for heaven's sakes everything yeah. about it should have been great I think it was I don't know <laughs> I don't know yeah what I don't know maybe if I tried it maybe it's in the wrong mood I'll try it again well, but I just remember watching it and thinking like what yeah there's a scene with her roller skating or something or like yes. roller dancing well and then that goofy love interest like the guy yeah and doesn't he wear suspenders yeah I think he does <laughs> I think it's just, it's just, you can't get past it. No matter I know, how I just couldn't get past it. it. Um, yeah. I did, I did see a funny, uh, thing going around. I think, it, I don't know if it was Buzzfeed or something. I'll try to dig it up and put it in the show notes. And it was something like 40 things you didn't think about when you were watching Grease the first time or something like that. And of course, one of the funny comments that I have noticed, and I'm sure you have, well, we've talked about it is the fact that like all the actors are at least 35. Oh, I know. I know. It's <laughs> in fact, hilarious. actually, I think Rizzo was 35. She might've been the oldest. But she was yes. 35 years old playing a 16 or 17-year-old character. Yes. It's hilarious. That oh, it is. It, what else did they say? What other things were we not thinking about? Do you remember? Oh, just little funny things like, you know, at the end they fly up into the sky, which oh. makes no sense. And just, I mean, I'll, yeah. I could probably pull it up right now. But some of it was obvious stuff. Um, you know, like, like, she went, like Rizzo wants to go to the prom with the guy who said he'd <laughs> buy her for a quarter. <laughs> or pay a quarter for her. I mean, just little little things that were like it is. It's one of those head scratchers. And another one where when I finally did see the stage version, um, as a high schooler or maybe college student, yeah, I was in college and I went and saw it at the like the Broadway on you know the Broadway version um, mm-hmm. at the college and touring version. Um, I was like, wait, this is nothing like the movie. All the characters are different. She's not from Australia. I don't know what I was yeah. thinking, but you know. Her name isn't even the same. It's like <laughs> Sal- it's like um, oh, it Sandy Dombrowski or something. Oh. So it's completely different. And the version I saw, just as an aside, was um, Ralph Melf was in it. 
I think he played. You're kidding um, me. No, he played the. Um, I think he played the guy, the um, creepy TV guy. Oh you my gosh! Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Ralph <laughs> Malf. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember his real name. I just know him as Donnie Ralph Most. Mal- his name okay. is Donnie Most. Donnie just Most. came to me. Oh, yeah. that's funny. So yes. So anyway, um, Greece was definitely another big one. What were some other ones? I feel like the '80s had a little bit of a musical revival. Well, they did. And when was like chorus line out? That was seventies. Okay, that was. And I never saw that until much later. It's great, but I didn't see it until much later. Yeah, me either. Um, gosh, I'm sure we could sit here and think. I I did mention Little Shop of Horrors because that was one that kind of got me not through the eighties, but I definitely watched it a ton in the eighties, and my kids all love it. They love that one. And that was one where I saw that that on uh, stage first. I saw okay. that actually when I was living in Chicago and was super happy when I saw the movie. The stage was great. And it was one of these sort of theatrical, you know, awesome displays where the plant sort of falls down in the audience at the end oh, of the cool. show. Yeah. And it was really fun and neat. Um, but the movie was also super good. Yeah. And um, I thought so, too. And Rick Moranis was so perfect. Yes. At, at that part. And it could have gone... A lot of ways, and you know, but that was good. It was good, good, good casting. Yeah, I, Very well I done. really, really enjoyed uh, both of those things. Um, so what I think kind of ended up happening is that musicals, you know, movie musicals sort of started to fall out of favor in the 80s. And then for a while, they were replaced by Disney musicals. And that's what I really grew up with. Um, that grew up with, with like that's my teen years. Yeah, um, I never it was all Little about. Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Um which then later became broad, all became Broadway shows. Um, well, now that's a good point. Yeah, the Lion King, a whole bunch of them, like right in a row. Hercules, remember? So that was like my teen years yeah. were all about the Disney musical. And then it really wasn't until my 20s they started kind of bringing back the movie musical with Chicago. Yeah, um, Hairspray. Well, that's hairspray. a little bit more recent. But yeah, hairspray. but just, you know, sort of in that same era. And now they're doing, oh, what are they doing right now? One that's coming out um, soon. Oh, I can't remember, but. Well, I'll think of it. Dream Girls was great. Dream Girls. Um, hair, I already said hairspray. Um, yeah. uh, uh, oh, I just drew a blank. Well, oh, well, sure yes. Others. Yes. Yes. And there's, so there's it kind of came back. Um, they did try to do a few made for TV musicals that I remember, uh, movie musicals in the 90s. One was Bye Bye Birdie with Jason Alexander. You're ah. kidding. No, it was, and oh, and China Phillips. From really from Wilson Phillips played that was in the nineties the teenager which she was like in her thirties too I think yeah that was in the nineties in fact I think I was still in high school or maybe like my freshman year of college I remember watching it I was you know a kid when I saw right. it I was young oh my gosh yeah so um, that was not terrible but it wasn't terribly good either you know what I lame is that was the other one oh, lame is yes. yes which was to me was oh and then they just did um, into the woods. Well, yes, and Into the Woods. I just didn't I mean, mention that was yeah. the other one I was trying to think of. Yes. Yeah. Which, did you like it? Did you see it? Which one? Les Mis? Into the Woods? Okay, so here was my thinking about both of them. I liked Les Mis a lot. Um, it didn't, obviously, it didn't read. There, to me, there wasn't the same emotional effect of the stage play, which I didn't see until just recently. I hadn't oh, seen I don't so I didn't know. have anything to compare it to. But, like, you know, I thought Hugh um, Jackman did a good job, but his voice wasn't crazy big. And was it Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Yeah, because he had, you know, he has to tone it down for TV. It doesn't work the same. Um, I liked it. I liked it. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. it. And I thought what what we lack and I saw I've seen it I don't know, maybe two or three times live. 
Okay. And it's just a different experience. The thing is, is that it's such a, because everyone's voice is so beautiful. I mean, obviously the parts that they're going to cast are going to be to the very best voices. And so watching it on stage, you know, makes your hair stand on end, but watching the movie and the expression in some ways to me, they were equally good. They were different, but I was just as moved. I sobbed like a baby in the play. I, you know, cried like crazy in the movie. I, well, did I, did I tell you that I saw that with Owen and Will and they didn't realize that, that everyone, all those young oh, men were going to die. Like they thought they were going to win. That's just terrible. I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, how do you guys, and they were, they were both sobbing, you know, trying not to look like they were crying, but they're both crying. And I looked at them. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you guys okay? And Owen goes, well, I just thought they were going to win is all. And I said, okay, well they had a pile of chairs. <laughs> I mean, did you not see how this was leading to their demise? I mean, they basically staged a rebellion behind a pile oh, of chairs. Gosh. And my kids really thought, and there was like 12 of them. And there was the huge, this huge French army. And somehow they thought that they these, to... these 12 boys were going to well, make maybe it. maybe because we're accustomed to seeing shows where the little guy, the underdogs yeah, win. that's true. I mean, they were, I and... felt really bad that I didn't warn them. But I had no idea they were. Yeah, that's just a little, I don't blame them for being yeah. a little out of joint on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I did cry at the end of that and I thought the casting was great and I don't always feel that way about mu- movie musicals. I think sometimes they go with big stars mm-hmm. that can't carry the part, but Anne Hathaway was great. Yes. Um, and and yeah, I thought everybody, I thought Russell Crowe was great. Who is yeah, the Russell darling, Crow. the, the, whose name I always, that escapes me every time, the, the guy that plays young. Oh, that beautiful man. Yes. What the hell's his I name? Can't I can't think of his name. It's, I don't oh. know, the beautiful freckled yes. man. Yes. yes. <laughs> beautiful freckled man. It's, yeah. it's, he's got a name and every now and then it'll pop up in front of me. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. And then. Yes. I, I am the same. Someone's like, probably someone. listening to this and yelling it right now. They can email us and let us know. We'll, we'll probably yes. figure it out by then. Um, <laughs> so, okay. But on that note, did you see Into the Woods? I did. I did not like Into the Woods as much. I didn't and either. I'm a big Sondheim fan, like a big, big, big Sondheim mm-hmm. fan. And did you know, you know this, that um, West Side Story, I think, was actually Stephen Sondheim's first yes, musical I think that's that he collaborated on. The, yep. I remember reading that on the back of the album. Yeah. Um, and at the time, like Stephen Sondheim meant nothing to me. So I didn't, I probably didn't even notice that. But yeah, that was like his first. And you can tell the lyrics uh-huh. are Sondheim-y, you know, yes, the, yes. you know, I don't know that he had a part in the, in the composition at all on that one. Um, but anyway, so Into the Woods is one of those classically Sondheimian shows. In fact, I feel like it's one where maybe he got a little too big and like no one was reining him in or something. And so the show is just so inflated and long. Even the stage version is long. Yeah. Sometimes things are sung that don't need to be sung. You know, there's like, <laughs> there's moderation in all things, right? So even though I love a good turn of phrase and I love the way his music is kind of unexpected, um, and Sondheim-y in that way. I just yeah. feel like that shows too, too, too much. But in the play, or in the movie especially, it just doesn't work. No. Because the songs don't end. There's right. no like, da-da-dun, when it ends. It just kind of trails off, and then you're watching this movie, and then you're at a different scene. I felt the whole thing was weird and disjointed and just entirely too long. I agree. It was beautiful to look at. Yes. And I felt like all the actors did a good job with their parts. Yes, yes. It was just too much of a good thing. I agree. Hey, speaking of Into the Woods, 
let's just back up to Mamma Mia for a minute. Oh, yeah. Both the play and I've never the seen movie. the play of Mamma Mia. I have. And it is great. But I have to say, I mean, it's great. It's great. But the movie for me, I don't know what it is. I don't. But I love it so much. I, I mean, I'm middle-aged, so that's maybe why. And it's like my... It, well, it's I think it's a perfectly campy movie. It is. It, I just love it. It hits all the right notes. Yep. It does. And Meryl Streep is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I Everything agree. I haven't good. seen it done live, but I, I loved the movie. I had no, yeah, I had no issues with the movie. I actually kind of feel like I would be perfectly satisfied having that be my only Mamma Mia exp- experience. I don't feel like I need to see the stage show. Yeah, you know? I kind of felt the same way. I did see it, and I saw it after I saw the movie. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I was not as blown away as I was when I saw it in the mov- at the movie theater. Uh, but I did, you know, I did like it. Um, but, well, yeah, and, and that's movie- kind of an unusual one in where the music we knew so well from ABBA, which was decades old by the time they got around to writing a musical around it, and then the movie came. So it was kind of yeah. like in reverse yeah, yeah, that's true. Reverse order. So you know, what, you know what other play I don't I like a lot, but I've also seen more than once, and it's not what I expect any time. Is Phantom of the Opera? Oh uh, yeah. Wait, you don't you agree? <laughs> no, I don't like it. Oh gosh, I'm usually. I, I guess this wouldn't be the time to be private about it in this in this uh, uh, venue, but but yeah, I don't love it. No, it's. It's corny and kind of terrible, actually. <laughs> I, I, no. I've seen Phantom of the Opera done um, live like two or three times. And one time, um, so for background, our uncle, um, who's now passed away, but our uncle used to be, what did he do? What did Uncle Jim do at the Lyric Opera in he Chicago? He was the head electrician. Electrician. That's right. So one time, and he would used to get us into shows every now and then. And one time he got John and I, when we were very new, very poor parents, I think Jacob was like six months old. Um, he got us like front row tickets to go see Phantom at Lyric Opera. And we saw it. And of course we were impressed by this. St- I mean, the stagecraft yeah, was yeah. awesome and the sets were awesome and the music was like soaring and it was great. But then afterward I was like, gosh, that's this really dumb show. And then I saw it again and I was like, yes. it's still dumb. And then I saw the movie and I was like, yep, yep, yep. It's, it's still really dumb. I just think there's something about Andrew Lloyd Webber in general that's like, uh, like Broadway for the masses. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I think that's great. Like, for example, I think G- um, Jesus Christ Superstar is great and I love I Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So I do too. Those two are fantastic. There's two, there's two movies that I forgot all about. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, I, but as far as Phantom goes, no. I think it tried to take itself too seriously. That yeah, was that, the difference. Yeah. The other ones are a little bit, I don't know, a little kookier or something. And... And Phantom just tried, I don't know, it really drove it home. And it just, I don't know, uh, and not, you know Jesus, not, a, not a favorite. Jesus Christ Superstar was a 70s musical, right? Yes. As was, let's not forget two others I just thought of. Tommy. Did never see it. Don't like it. I, I find it creepy for some reason. And I know, I think it's Everything I've I, read about it makes me think I don't ever want to see it. Yes. And the thing is, is I think I'd like to watch it now. And I'm, I haven't given it a chance because I've seen it at various times of my life where it just did not sit right with me. Like I would be home babysitting one time yeah. I was, you know, so I have this sort of eerie connection with it, but maybe I would appreciate it differently. And also Godspell. I was just going to say Godspell was, I saw that movie a few years ago and I thought it was terrible. Oh, the oh, music well, have, is beautiful. 
Yes, and I've never seen the movie. I've seen the play a couple of times. Um, and then I had the cassette yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. I listened to that. I love Godspell, um, the music, but I've never seen the movie. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I've, I've seen the, mov- the stage show. Um, it was a kid production that Isaac was very awkwardly in when he thought he might do theater once and it didn't really work out. But um, that was great. I mean, the music is so good and the, yes. the story is great. And it was it was fun. It was like they were, at least in this production, they were like on this jungle gym. It was all kind of took place around this jungle gym and it all kind of played out there. Now imagine in the movie, and I mean, I haven't seen it in probably five years. So this is... This memory is not great, but it was like this roving band of fools. They're just like skipping around singing. It just, to me, the whole thing was, it made it so corny and I know it's kind of corny, but it made all the greatness of the music. You know, you've got this like clown and this guy with these terrible suspenders, like yeah, it's so seventies and, and it's just so over the top and it was too corny and I just couldn't get, I could not and get And I on remember board. the play being kind of corny too, but I think I, I don't remember all the all the specifics of how the, the, the narrative plays out, but the music is just so wonderful that. And, and as, as it happens sometimes in movie versions of um, a musical in that one, I don't remember thinking that the vocals were so awesome. Like I, you know, I remember like it was a little too soft. Remember how that was kind of a thing like in the seventies, like they really ramped the sound way back to where it was almost like whispered a little bit. I mean, not that that's, you know, that might not be, only the seventies. I just remember that from several seventies musicals where like the, the, the voices are a little toned down and I just, it didn't make up for it. And it just, I don't know, didn't showcase the music enough. It did showcase the tomfoolery a lot yeah. and I couldn't get behind it. I'd like for you to watch it and then tell me what you think. Tomfoolery. tomfoolery. All right. I will try, we will try yeah. to watch it. And I also want to just say, cause I think we skipped over too quickly Chicago. Oh Yeah. And, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, the the star power of, I mean, to me, they were fantastic. Yeah, I thought so, too. In the movie, you mean? Yes. 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 In the movie. And I've never seen it live. I would love to. I never have. I don't think I have either. I mean, I almost don't know how you could do better. It's it's one of those experiences. The music is so good and so well done and the dancing is so entertaining and they're yep. so good that Agreed. You know, I feel like I've seen the definitive <laughs> version. You never course, need to see it again. Yeah. I never need to see anything else. But of course that's silly, but I, I do feel perfectly sated um, by watching. I could watch that movie over and over and over again. I could listen to that music over and over again. Now, one thing I think is interesting, Catherine, and this is coming, you know, kind of coming through in the things that we're talking about is I think both you and I, are drawn to older musicals. And I know for myself, excuse me, for myself, one thing, um, and not that we won't see newer ones, but mm-hmm. I feel like the trend of making a musical out of a musician's body of work is starting to grate on me. Like, oh, it's the Billy Joel musical. Oh, it's oh, the Elton John musical. Oh, it's the, the you know. Uh, great, it's the Green Day musical. And I understand that's how they feel. Jersey seats. Boys. The Jer- yeah. I'm sure they're all great shows. And actually, I would really like to see Jersey Boys just because I, I bet that's awesome. I've, I've heard really good things about that, but I just find that trend to me, like a big part of what makes great theater and great, you know, and then great movie versions of theatrical shows is a unique story, music that fits that story Yeah, as written for those characters, rather than trying to shoehorn a show around music that already exists. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's, it's so so marketing heavy and I know that's why they do it. They have to fill seats and you know, they have to, the production costs are insane and audiences are literally dying. You know, <laughs> I get it as someone who does, you know, theater on a very small scale. Um, 
yeah, you look out and the audience is, is 75% people who are going to die in a couple of decades. You know you have to get people in the seat somehow. And yeah. That's one way they're doing it. I just find that I it, that trend just kind of irritates me and so I tend to find myself like the I've been I've seen probably six or seven Broadway shows and every time it's been something older. I saw Gypsy. Son mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh. I saw Little Night Music. Son fantastic. You and I saw Alakage. Um I saw oh just last time I was there I saw an American in Paris. So I just kind of gravitate toward those yeah. toward those older shows maybe just in some kind of silent protest or something i don't know well you know i i don't i haven't had a lot of opportunity although they do bring them here to michigan state uh fairly often but i haven't had a lot of opportunity to see those types i mean the only one that comes to my mind right now is mama mia and i've already expressed my adoration for that so i'm not sure that i'm qualified to say but i will tell you that i do find myself just naturally yes drawn to the older established you know, been there kind of, um, shows for sure. I am, I do have tickets to see Book of Mormon. And I saw that a few months ago and though it's content is too vulgar to go into on the show. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing it. Let me just say it was some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. I was falling out of my seat. Really? Do you think I'll get, do you think I'll get yelled at? For laughing? For laughing. (laughs) Oh, we'll have to share. Okay. This is a great segue, but like, let me just say Book of Mormon was awesome. (laughs) And also not mean spirited. I really thought it would, you know, I knew it was going to be raunchy. Yeah. I mean, it was so, oh my gosh, so raunchy. Like, <laughs> if you've ever watched South Park, it's like that, you know, it's yeah. like the worst South Park episode you ever saw for two hours <laughs> in musical form. Um, but it's also kind of like sweet in a way. And so you don't leave the theater feeling cynical or. Interesting. You know, so it, yeah, I actually kind of was like a little bit uplifting in a way. So anyway, um, Definitely go see it. It's touring right now through Michigan, and I'm I'm sure it's touring other places as well. So, um, yeah, I've Chicago already gotten the tickets. So, okay, so this is a great segue for Katherine and I to talk about not just musical theater because while we are obviously partial to musicals, um, we both just like live theater in general. And lately, since we've been going to the Shakespeare Festival, I think that that might might have been Stratford might have been the first live Shakespeare I ever saw. If not, it was like the second time. Yeah, me too. And I was always a little bit, I don't know, standoffish about Shakespeare because while, you know, I enjoyed seeing the movie version of Romeo and Juliet and stuff in high school, I found the plays very hard to understand. I didn't really even enjoy studying them in English. And I love language and I love words and I still would just get so tangled up in it. And I would think, how could people act this or why would people want to, you know? Um, And I have to say, like, Stratford really changed that because it's so well done. Mm Mm-hmm. And so physical, you understand everything that's happening. And I guess that's, if you're somebody sitting at home thinking, I don't like Shakespeare, I have no interest in seeing Shakespeare, I guess my advice would be go see it done well. Find out who does it well and go see it. Don't go see like, you know, a high school production or, or well, you know, like honestly, a, college, a freshman here's, college Here's production. the thing. You're right. But my, um, my daughter, who had had a week, now this was with the Stratford actors, but right. high school kids, after a week's rehearsals, pulled off. An abbreviated, albeit abbreviated, form of um, Midsummer Night's Dream. You know, these are 17-year-olds who had no Shakespeare, for the most part, uh, experience. And I got it. And this was before I had seen it and and done in any other place. I think what, to me, and I don't mean to, to jump your sentence here, but it is not ever meant to be read. So when you hear people right. that know how to help you just 
So somebody has maybe to that's the know direction. What the words say yeah. Yes. But, but when you when it's talking, mm-hmm. that's the me. That's how it's supposed to be said, or that's how it's supposed to read. The play makes no sense. I have tried. When we first started going to Stratford, I would get the play. Yeah. So that I thought, oh, let me see if I can figure out what the story is going to be. This is before I just figured out to look it up on Wikipedia. Um, and I couldn't get through a page and I would be so petrified that I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. I did this for three, three seasons that we went before I learned it's not, it's not really meant to just be read. And if you try, and if the actors all got up there and tried to read it in, in meter or what, you know, like right. poetry, it would be so boring and you'd have no idea what's going on. But what, made, what makes it is that they inflect their yes. own yes. Uh, pauses in pl- unusual places or, you know, physicality. I mean, it really makes a huge difference. So, yes, I'm sure a high school production can be great. It's, it's the, I think it's how the director tells them to do it that probably yes. makes it. And it's a, if it's all, you know, to die, you yes. know, with like the... The very uh, cliched, yes, to sleep. Like if it's all like that, you're going to be falling asleep. But if it's, but if it's done in a way where it's acting and like, and people really know what's going on, right? And they know what they're saying, and it's conversational. Right. And then it just takes five or ten minutes. And once you get the pace, just by watching their faces, you can hear the sarcasm when it's meant to be there. You can just feel it out. I am by no means, I tell people all the time, like, or, you know, they kind of assume that I have some sort of Shakespeare experience and that's why I go. And there couldn't be anything further from the truth. I don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. All I know is that I truly, from the pit of my gut, enjoy them. I just enjoy them. I can't, I don't know much about Shakespeare. I don't have much knowledge about you know, how he wrote or the portfolios or any of the other things that are important to Shakespeare devotees. But I know that I can honestly say that I go and I laugh and I love them because I just enjoy it. Laugh so hard that last time we were there, a woman turned around during intermission and told Catherine to stop laughing so loud (laughs) because she was not able to follow the show. She was listening too hard. That's her problem. I think you just that don't listen so hard. Problem. Just watch it and <laughs> see what yes. they're doing. And it's, you know, it's, it's fun. And these were both comedies that we just saw. I will say, you know, we've, we've agreed that not all Shakespeare holds up equally well to 2015. So sometimes in there, you're going to see a stinker. We saw, um, was it measure for measure yeah, a few years yeah, ago? Yeah. And we were like, what? I mean, it's just something about it. And then later I read a review and it said most theaters won't even do it because it's so... It's a problem play, apparently. Well, yeah, and I think the nothing same, happens, th- and what yep. does happen makes no sense. And you know, everyone has an off day, right? So, <laughs> 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 yeah. or in his case, an off two years, or however long it well, took. However to long it took him to turn it out. Yeah. yeah, and I had just, I think that was the same season that maybe the Goodman Theater or something in Chicago had done it, and I had some friends that saw it there, and they were also just didn't like the play. It wasn't. Right. There was no reflection on the actors. It was just not a it's story a bad that they play. were interested yes. in. Yeah, it's just a bad yeah. play, and and we've seen a couple that were good, but like you know, a little cringy in parts because the gender, (laughs) the gender, uh, (laughs) roles, let's just say don't really hold up, but they're, you know, they're written 500 years ago. And for the most part, 500 years ago, yeah, Yeah. 1500s, right? So, uh, for the most part, I really do feel like it really, it really stands the test of time and it's worth, if you haven't been find a festival in your area, you know, find a place where it's being done well and, and try it out. Well, yes. And I think that a lot of areas like Lansing and East Lansing has, you know, sort of an, 
I don't even know if they're informal. I hate to call them an informal Shakespeare group, but they perform Shakespeare regularly around um, the Michigan Shakespeare Festival. Everything I go and I, I can't just to pimp it a little bit. I mean, it is as good as anything that we go travel to Stratford to see, you know, reasonable cost. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, once I started looking for it, mm-hmm, you know, everywhere. there are lots of places where you can see it, where people are serious about getting it right. And, and again, I say that as someone who doesn't know exactly what getting it right means only that if I go there and I laugh or evokes whatever right. emotion, um, it's supposed to, I consider that a great success. So, and another good place to start, honestly, is the movie versions because they're going to give you yeah. enough contextual clues, you know, yep. I, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio version of, of, uh, Romeo and Juliet is good. It's good Shakespeare. Yep. So, yeah. And then there's that Midsummer Night's Dream with oh, Kevin yeah. Klein. I think. Oh that's, yeah. 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 That's great too. <laughs> yeah. That's well, you can't go wrong with Kevin Klein. What's Speaking that? of, you can't go wrong with Kevin. No, Klein. you can't. Oh, and that would be a good place for me to say that, um, I don't remember if, and this is backing way, way up to our conversation earlier about musicals. I don't remember if like the Pirates of Penzance and those musicals were a big part of our childhood, but I feel like they must've been in some way. And then I remembered that this really corny movie called Pirates came out. With Christy McNichol. With Christy McNichol. Christy McNichol and that other, that blonde guy who was in the Blue Lagoon. Yes. That was when dad first got um, HBO. Yep. And so yep. I spent a whole summer watching that. And then I thought I knew what the Pirates of Penzance was. But actually, it was like this weird sort of yep. spinoff, you know, this riff on it. Um, but again, just a good exa- another good example of how one thing can lead to another. So like later, then I got really interested in Gilbert and Sullivan. And I love, uh, I mean, to a lesser extent, like HMS Pinafore and a few other ones mm-hmm. that they, uh, the Mikado is another really great one. Um, but Pirates will always be my my absolute favorite. And Kevin Klein was, I think, in a movie version of that. Of the real Pirates of the, Penzance. Really? Not I didn't know Pirates. there was a real movie version of Well, it. I think it was maybe like a recorded stage version. Oh. But I think it's been on PBS and stuff. So well, worth looking into because Kevin Klein is fantastic. And the music from, from all those Gilbert and Sullivan shows is so fun. And I've been in a couple and they're a good time. Yes. A good time. Super, super fun to watch. And I do remember kind of dad like whistling those some, some of the more catchy tunes. Like... Uh, you know, the one, do, 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 yeah, that one. Um, well, you know, so. somehow I will say that our parents for being people that, again, as you said, I mean, we were, we were so far removed and from our parents, theater. They weren't people who went places and did things. No, but somehow they, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they were not people who went places and did things. I'm not wrong. That's just the kind of people they were not. <laughs> they sat home and listened to things. I mean, it was just a different, and maybe it's just because we lived in a place where you just, there wasn't a lot of stuff to do, or I don't know. Well, no, that's maybe, a really you know? good point. It's just, I never really thought of it that way, but that is true. But somehow they were aware of them. Right. I mean, you're right. I mean, we didn't have any, I don't remember having any Gilbert and Sullivan in the house, but dad seemed always very aware of musicals that were going, maybe not that were current. I mean, they, they yeah. weren't pr- probably into, you know, Godspell, but that were popular and and yes. famous and um well and i think that that even up into the 70s um the whatever the broadway show that was out at the time that was what was top 40 music so you know like day by day was a top 40 song mm, from godspell uh chorus true. line there was at least one song from chorus line i can't remember what it was but that's that was, true and there like, was on the radio hair also yeah and from hair and from greece i mean i think that that kind of greece. died out in the early 80s but 
up until then, that was popular music. So maybe there was just less separation. Maybe like you'd hear a song and you liked it and then you'd go buy the album and then, you know, you'd listen to it so many times you get a bunch of skips in it and, and your kids and listen to it. Your kids. So. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think of Saturday Night Fever as a musical? I remember we never. Because the characters don't sing. And I, to me, that, to me, that's like the, def- the defining thing of a musical. Well, and it probably literally is the defining thing. But, but it's I, definitely a music-oriented movie. I, I guess I can give you that much. much. With the soundtrack, that, that great and prevalent at the time, I would have considered that something of a, hmm. of a musical. And, not, oh, such another very good movie. Like Urban Cowboy. Just sort of all the, oh, both John Travolta's. But, yeah. But yeah, still. I don't know. We could probably, we could devote a whole other episode to, like, you know, <laughs> yes. picking that apart. But, I don't know. So we need to wrap up, but this has been really fun. I hope for other people who identify with some of this stuff, it's fun. Um, Sarah, who does the mom hour uh, with me and I both love Broadway stuff, but she, I think, loves more current um, stuff. And one thing that I've really loved, because I sometimes know that my my musical um, knowledge is a little bit lacking and I don't always know the newer stuff or even some of the older shows that just weren't in my sort of wheelhouse. So I have been listening to the um, Broadway Sirius station. It's a really good way. And another thing, if you have Spotify, um, you can find Broadway playlists on there. And I find that sometimes that's a nice way to just jazz it up. And now that we don't have albums anymore, you know, that we listen to, I like that my kids then hear it. And it's not, you know, it's not the same as it was when I was a little kid and I was just always listening to Broadway albums, but they still get some exposure. Yeah, let me ask you that, though, just just real quick. You know, that's a very good point. I, I wonder, listening to Spotify, do you listen to it still? play by play or do you mix it up because there is something too and I don't know if it's just me but or just the way the experience that I had but of listening to the entire thing at once I prefer to listen to the entire thing that's that's Um, how I feel and again I don't know yeah no I just find that that first of all it's too easy to skip over songs really good Mm -hmm. songs that you might not like really ever think about hearing um if you skip around and, uh, yeah. now that said john has made a really good he's in the playlist and he made a really good broadway playlist that we'll listen to fairly frequently but it'll skip around from like thoroughly modern millie to little shop of horrors back to like carousel to me that's jarring um, <laughs> yeah. i would rather but on spotify you can just look up an album so if you want to listen just to carousel you can just look up carousel yeah. if you want to listen to oklahoma you can just look up oklahoma um and listen I to the whole listen, thing i just wondered about the way you listen to it if yeah. you if you still kind of stick album by album or if I, you... I prefer that yes because yeah. if i'm in a mood to listen to west side story i want to hear it beginning to end i mean that's just the way i want to hear it um i don't recommend using pandora to listen to show tunes because you know pandora will at some point will always depart Mm-hmm. And you'll end up listening to the Glee soundtrack. I don't know how. It doesn't matter what I put into Pandora. <laughs> all Pandora points to Glee. And at some point, and I'm not a Glee fan. I know that's, I'm sure everyone, no, people are like throwing their. I got into Glee. Uh, no, I just didn't get into it. I mean, it was fine. I like, I watched a couple episodes and I thought they were funny. But I, when I hear a song, I want to hear the version of the song I want to hear. I don't necessarily want to hear a cover. And so um, I just. If I was listening only to a Glee soundtrack, maybe I would like it. But if I go in thinking I'm going to hear Broadway or sometimes like thinking I'm going to hear 80s pop or something and it still ends up somehow back at Glee, there must just be like a huge <laughs> number of Glee lovers who also use Pandora or maybe it's yeah. just my tastes tend to run that way. Um, I will always end up like stuck in some kind of Glee vicious circle. So I don't recommend that Pandora for Broadway because it's too unreliable. Go to Spotify, go to your XM or Sirius. I guess it's XM now. XM Sirius station um or just you know, go dig around online sometimes you can find 
Like on Amazon Prime, you can download albums, you know, stuff like that. So, and sometimes they're free. I don't know how that works if you have a Prime membership. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's so, a good question. Anyway, well, Katharine, we are at the hour point. So I am going to wrap this up. But again, you are listening to episode 60, did I say 60? 60, 62 of the yep. Home Hour. Um, probably be a few weeks before another episode goes up. But in the meanwhile, listen to the Mom Hour, listen to the Style Hour, listen to the Right at Home Moms. You can find them all at lifelistened.com. We love writings and reviews on iTunes or whatever podcasting listening mechanism you are using uh, that really helps other people find the show. Um, so it really helps. Please keep that coming. If you want to write me a note, suggest a topic or a interview or a guest in the future, you can send it to hello at thehomehour.com and I will read that and pretty guaranteed I'll respond, although sometimes I forget. But you can also <laughs> then follow up and be like, hey, you didn't respond. And then I will respond because I'll feel really bad. So anyway, thanks a lot for listening to The Home Hour. Thanks, Catherine. Nice yep. to have you on as always. I know. Goodbye. Thank Keep you. Keep it musical. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Home Hour on the Life Listened Network. If you want to hear more episodes of The Home Hour, go ahead and go to thehomehour.com and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit our Lifestyle Podcast Network to find more shows about motherhood, style, work, and more. That's at lifelistened.com. Thanks a lot. <laughs>